Fans, thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Knuckle Up with yours truly, Mike Orr, and my man Cedric Ben in the den doing what we do best. Prospects, you know what it is, man. It's part two of Peach Boxing Week, and we got the Russian in the house, Andre Mikhailovich. Welcome. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to come and join us for this wonderful interview today, man. Much respect, much love. Uh, let's get right into it. Tell us, how did the journey begin? How did you start boxing? What age were you? How, how did I start boxing? Um, I started boxing when I was, well, it's kind of like a hard question because, like, I've always liked fighting. Me and my brother, growing up, got into lots and lots of fights. I got a twin brother called Nikolai. So we got into lots of fights coming up. And I've always been into it. I liked, like, karate and all that kind of stuff. And then I had, like, I used to always get into lots of fights at school because I just liked fighting and, like, it was a game to me. And then um, I got to a point where, like, one day I was walking down an alleyway and this bully from another school put a cigarette literally out on my chest and I felt so defenseless. And I was like, well, I'd better start boxing, actually, and, like, learn how to do it so I can kick his ass and that. And that's how I got into it. So I would have been about 15 when that happened. But I've liked it for a long time. But 15 is when I actually went to a gym for the first time. And I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And I fell in love with man, big time. You know, and then you start learning about the greats and understanding who different boxers were. Like, I remember the first fight I watched was Ali versus uh, Fraser 1. Because I looked up, because all I knew was Muhammad Ali. So I looked him up and it was the first fight I watched. And I remember thinking, why do these guys hug so much? And I didn't know how to watch it. <laughs> And um, yeah, and I fell in love with it, and then I fell in love with like just the whole idea of being a fighter. I mean, I was like 15, and like, I loved boxing so much, I'd fall asleep with like boxing gloves on and stuff like that. Eh? Like, you know, like I'd have to hustle to the gym, bro. I'd, I was 15, I had to ride to the gym, I'd have to do anything to get to the gym, bro. And like, I could only afford to go like, like I could at the start I only went like once a week, but I trained like four or five times a day, four or five times a week at home with a punching bag hung by a tree or up on the deck. And then I'd like, I could only afford to go like three times a week and I had to catch them fast and it was such a hassle. But I just loved it, bro. I loved being in the gym and that. Yo, so, that's what's that's that's amazing. What was, um, maybe talk about the transition from uh, from street fighting to actually in the ring fighting. When you said, when you, you said like, uh, you know, why these guys hug so much when you got in there and, you know, maybe realize, you know, takes a little bit more cardio and stuff like that. How? Um, well, like, I was more of, like, a just trying to knock the fuck out. So I didn't really hang, hang around for, like, a long time when I was, like, fighting people. Um, I had, like, a real – the thing is, when I grew up, like, I had a real gung-ho, like, didn't give a fuck attitude. That's changed a little bit now because, like, if you look at my hand, I am married and I've got two kids in that. So I have to be, like, you know, responsibly responsible with my attitude and financially and all that kind of stuff. So you got to be more responsible. Yeah, but uh, when I was a kid, bro, I was loose. Like, I was such a, like, rah. I was, like, <laughs> the worst thing on earth, eh? Like, I just had such a mean aura about me, and I was so, like, arrogant and just didn't give a fuck, you know? And when I started boxing, to be honest, it wasn't actually that hard of a transition from street fighting, if you want to call it that, to boxing. Because, like, me and my brother used to go down to the um, $2 shop and get these, like, $10 gloves, right? <laughs> and we, we would spar 15 we would spar 15 rounds in the backyard with no mouth guard. So when I actually walked into a gym and I sparred, I was already prepared. Like, I would watch YouTube, bro. I figured out what a jab was. I figured out what a right hand was. Couldn't hook to save myself. But, like, you know, and I figured out, like, if you got, if you faint here and then you hit them here, they're going to think you're going to hit them here. But you really didn't. And I figured it shit out pretty quickly. And 
I was a natural, like, the one thing I was was a natural, but I used to always, like, dance around the ring, like, Muhammad Ali, because he was my first, like, you know, person I really enjoyed. But what they did was learn, I learned how to, like, see and watch punches and that. The one thing I've had to work on, and we work on constantly in the gym now, is when I move, if I see a jab coming, my instinct is to either lean back or lean right over here when it only needs to be, like, an inch. You only need to, like, move, like, that much. But sometimes I'm over-moving and getting in a bad position, so I can't return with a right hand or a hook or uppercut or a right hand. So we're kind of, like, refining my movement. But I've always had, like, exceptional, like, head movement. I can see shit coming. And it's one of my best attributes is my awkwardness and being able to see shit from angles that you're not supposed to see shit. So, yeah. What uh, what were some yeah. of your influences to, like, uh, to turn pro? Yo, oh, did you catch that? Um, yeah. So, what uh, what were some of your, who were some of your influence to uh, to decide to go pro? Like, what what helped you make that decision? Well, I had an amateur career first, and um, I think to be completely honest, like my amateur career was like fucked by a certain coach. Like, if I hadn't have had this coach, bro, I would have been a good amateur. To be completely honest, and I'm not gonna name names. I don't need to or anything. But like, there's this right. one dude, like 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 really like you know made it a real hard time. And that was really frustrating because, like, all I wanted to do was fight. And, you know, I wanted to be me. And the thing is, with me being me and my eccentricness and my colorfulness, it's not really, like, something that can be under a banner. So, like, I knew I was never going to go to the Olympics. I knew I was going to go to the Commonwealth Games. I'm too much for that. I'm too much for, like, the standard New Zealander. Like, everyone in New Zealand is very, like, modest. And, you know, it's real beautiful and all that. But I just say what I want to say. And, like, it's all good. But, like, it just means that, like amateurs is probably not for you and it wasn't it was never going to be for me and i i already knew in my head that i wanted to be a pro from the minute i walked into a gym i wanted to be a professional because i wanted to fight with my mouth guard and my top off and as an amateur you're wearing a headgear you got a single on and you know it's not and i didn't really like value it now looking back in hindsight i like part of me is like man i wish i had more of an amateur career because i could fight more often now i'm fighting like i've had three fights this year which has been extremely lucky to be honest but as an amateur, it's every other weekend. And, you know, I love fighting and I love the competition of it. And I'm competitive in that. So, you know, I, I like, I kind of like wish I did more as an amateur. But then again, like, I literally grew up so much as a pro. I'm 19 and 0 now. And, like, every year you see, like, a different vision of me. It's like the same dude, but just different shades to me. Because, like, you yeah. know, I'm, I was developing. I was, I had literally just turned 20 when I had my first pro fight. And if you're 20, mm-hmm. regardless of, how mature you are as a 20 year old you're only 20 you haven't had enough life experience yet so right, that's right. good one person that i have got to go i really value and thank is isaac because like isaac let me be me but then if you thought i was going too far he'd grab me and pull me back and, put me down. <laughs> and then so I was, and i needed that because one thing i didn't have growing up was fear like i was fucking fearless like yeah. adults didn't scare me. you could be the most scariest dude in the world and i wasn't scared i was like willing to do anything I was, right. but as I've gotten older, I know a lot about respect and I understand, you know, like time and place. So, right. so Isaac's been a big influence in my life. Definitely. Um, yeah. So when did, when did you first meet Isaac and how did that, that situation all start? And how did you become- I, I, I was, um, one of his pros needed spine and I went and seen Isaac. One, one thing about Isaac is if you don't know Isaac, he's intimidating as shit. Like, you oh, know, yeah. like, nah, trust me, like when you see him in real life, he is like pretty like, like you know you're like oh that guy can be a mean motherfucker bro <laughs> yeah. i didn't know him so i was, I was he's probably he's probably one of the only dudes i've really ever been like fuck uh, who's who's that and i remember the first time i seen him bro and i was like bro that dude is like whoa and i went up to him and i was like hey uh, i heard you need uh 
I heard you need um, sparring for your uh, pro. And he was like, yep. And then I got his number and I went. And um, I did pretty good for myself. And then, like, they invited me back and I did good for myself again. It was pretty cool because I remember sparring his pro. And on the edge of the ring, everyone was just watching. And the eyes were on me and stuff like that. And I knew, I was like, oh, this is interesting. I quite like this. One thing about the gym, I, I, I'll tell you what, bro. My amateur career, I was, for the majority of my gym, I was in literally like the women's nationals coach gym. So I was around women all the time. And like, I, uh, and like, like to me, I needed to be in a real masculine, strong environment. That's what I needed. That's what I need to, you know, perform. So when I went to that environment, it was so much different to what I knew, bro. I never knew what hard training was to me, Isaac. Like, I remember, like, the first two weeks training with him. I was like, bro, this is way too difficult, bro. I didn't know it was this hard. And, um, yeah, I, I ended up training with him. And, like, the amount of work you got to put in and how fit you got to be to be in that gym, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy, man. But you have to love it, like, first of all. And that's what I tell people that say they want to be boxing. It's like, well, you have to really love this shit, eh? Because, like, yeah. hey, I'll, yeah. I, I've been boxing what i've been doing boxing about 10 years now and like the payoff is only starting to pay off not 10 years you know i've been punched in the face woke up bled cried everything of this shit you know like it's not like a it's not like a instant gratification of boxing it's a long burn you know you may be pretty good but like i may go to the days gym some days and get my ass kicked and i'm pretty good like they may kick my ass they may kick my ass but then i make their ass and it's just life and that's how it is because you're learning and you're trying to understand shit so that's that's a real long-term thing you know it's not something that Everybody wants to be a fighter till the fighter walks in, bro. Like, that's so true. That's so true. Cedric, you want you got a question you want to ask him? Um, no, just adding on to what he was saying. Just basically, you know, you you literally have to go through the through the blood, sweat, and tears. To it's not it's not just a cool slogan on a t shirt that people like to wear. You know, in boxing, you really have to have to go through well, that to, to get there. I feel like. You know, the, this is the issue of like Instagram, like YouTube, Facebook. They see like these training camps and these blogs or whatever, right? Of people training, and and they think it's like a real like cool thing. Like they think it's cool, but we're training. I'll tell you what: if you're training hard, it's very unglorified. It's really yeah. ugly. It's really yeah. dirty. It's really sweaty, and it's real bloody, and it smells, bro. Right? Like your hands oh, smell. Yeah. You're always smelly. Yeah. You just smell like sweat all the time. You know, and it's mm. and you look like lethargic a lot and like it's a very it's, it's literally the grind and people are like shocked at how hard like it is like what last week i did like 11 sessions of training and for me that's like really, like that's just my life you tell people that they're like uh, I, I i think you need a bit of a rest on like, why why do i have a rest bro i'm in the middle of training for something like i hurt my i hurt my foot i, I, I get hurt right like i've hurt my elbows before but last year I had a fight. I couldn't even straighten my arm out. And they're like, you should probably pull out of this fight. It was like three weeks ago. People were saying that to me. And I literally went and put my elbow straight up. Like, oh, my God. It's literally, you have to be you have to be tough, bro. And yeah. to create toughness, you need to be in a tough environment. You can't be, like, pussyfooted around. You've got to be in, like, an environment that's cruel sometimes. I love Isaac with, like, all my heart. Isaac's my man. Uh, Jay, Dave, Bobo, CS, all of them. I love them so, so, so much. But, like, they need to be mean motherfuckers to me sometimes. They need to tell yeah. me what's up, and they need to push me. I need to push. First of all, I need to push my fucking self. Fuck everybody else. I don't want yeah. it. Exactly. You know, if I don't want it, if I don't want it, there's no point in me even showing up. If I go to training with a bad attitude, everybody sees it. If I go and not want to be put, everybody sees it. If I go and have a bad sparring session, everybody sees it. And guess what? No matter what way you put it, it shows up on the night. 
Yeah. My last fight, I had like a shit last fight. I won and all that, but I just wasn't on. And for a few factors, right? And I knew what those factors are, and there, and it was what it was. I, I won and I'm whatever, but I'm not happy with my performance. So that just drives me to be best. I want to be the best, and I and I want to go fucking to the moon and back, and I want to go beyond until infinity and beyond, like fucking Buzz Lightyear, right? Yeah. And the only way to do that is by having a great attitude and a lot of self belief and fucking working your ass off. And um, yeah, that's 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 it. What's up? What, what's a di- what's a day? What's a day of training look like to you? Like what what what, what does it involve? What time does it start? What time do you finish? And, and what do you do throughout the whole day? Um. So. So yeah, we'll talk about today. We can talk about yesterday, but yesterday because today's just started. Yesterday, I got up at six o'clock. I went and did a conditioning workout. Got home at about eight thirty. Chilled out, did some work because I run my own business and stuff like that as well. I did some business related stuff. Um, and then I went to training in the afternoon. Uh, I, I leave my house at 4 30 and I generally get home at about, I don't know, 6 37, so a couple of hours in the afternoon. But it's it's the quality. So, you know how this is a one thing you always see, right? You'll see a dude go to the gym for like four hours, three hours, and they're like, we're on that grind, bro. What the fuck are you doing four hours in the gym, bro? <laughs> What yeah, are you doing? Perfect. Like, what are you doing, bro? Like, for fucking three hours, I can guarantee you're looking at your phone and fucking around, bro. Like, you yeah. need to be in the gym. When I'm in the gym, my focus needs to be an intense focus for about 45 to an hour. Like, really yeah. intense, hard training where I'm completely on the ball. Anything longer yeah. than that is just a waste of my time, bro. I need to be exactly. incredibly on. And I need to be switched yeah. on. And I need to be very specific what I'm doing. So when I get the training, I warm up my shirt on. And he asks, what are we doing today? generally you may have an idea some days you don't have an idea and that's good but like as soon as you say we're doing this this and this that's all my, i'm worried about i don't give a fuck about if the world was ending if the world was ending and they told me i'm running i'm running i don't care if the media's coming right. finals is coming bro i'm running bro mm-hmm. my job in the gym is to be a fighter everything else can get fucked while i'm in the gym bro so that <laughs> it's the most important thing in the world bro it is straight up you guys are like it sounds funny but to me in the gym I'm a selfish prick. I don't talk to anybody, bro. I try and get as much as I can when I spar. I'm a mean <clears> motherfucker. I don't care about anybody, bro. I don't touch gloves. I don't do any of that shit, bro. Inspiring. Regardless if you're my best mate or not. Um, yeah. Great example is JJ, uh, Jerome. Yeah. Such a good friend of mine. He's he godfather from one of my boys, right? Me and Jay spar and we kill each other. I don't give a fuck about him when I'm sparring him. I mean, he doesn't give a fuck about me. We're trying to hurt each other. Like, go. Well, we're going to talk to him tomorrow about it. <laughs> yeah. No, straight up. And he knows. Like, he knows that I'm I'm, I'm smaller than him, but I'm in there to, like, like do my job. And my right. job is to be the meanest motherfucker there is, bro. And to be honest, I'm cruel. I can be a cruel prick, bro. When I fight, I'm cruel. I don't care, bro. Because at the end of the day, the reason I'm doing this is for me and my family. And right. if you're fucking in my way, boy, I'm going to fuck you up. Regardless, yeah, yeah. the next guy I'm fighting, bro, his name's Isaac Hardman. He's just another little bitch in my way, bro, and I am going to fuck him up, straight up. I like to hear. I feel like no, the, the rivalry, the rivalry that started. Yes, yes. I there's heard no rivalry. It. No, no, there's not a rivalry. Here's yeah, that's it's not. There's, there's no rivalry. He just talks a lot of shit, bro, and that's all it. Like, good for him. He's done well for himself by talking shit. But you know, bro, I will promise you one thing when i hop in that ring bro that's when i'm gonna start talking shit bro when i'm in the ring with you and you're fighting me and you're down six rounds mate that's when i'm gonna start talking to you and i'm gonna make it the most cruelest fucking night of your life it's gonna be a night that when you wake up every morning you're gonna be like man i dreamed about that shit last night man i dreamed about that shit last night man i dreamed about that shit last night and when you're 60 people will remind you of that shit bro you will know yeah. what the fuck happened bro so it's gonna go down it's gonna go down in history it'll go down in the history books as him getting his ass whooped 
That's, that's, that's I don't give a fuck about the history books. This is like, I just want to do my job. My job is to be a fighter at the end of the day. So, what the date? Right on. Do you, do you find it? Do you find it hard? Do you find it hard to get uh, to get fights in New Zealand now? Uh, that you have well, wait, time out. We gotta we gotta give the date for this fight. We gotta get the hype. Get it so hype. What's the date for the for this uh, this fight? Right. I uh, I don't even. I have like an idea, and it's around the end of October. But I I don't even know if I'm allowed to be talking about this fight because it's not oh, like officially announced yet. Oh, okay. Okay. But, okay. Uh, okay. It's, I think it's well known in like the uh, Australasian boxing community that this fight's about to happen. So it's kind of like mm-hmm. yeah, like. Yeah, that, we're talking, we're speaking into existence. Well, it will happen. Like, you know, like, you know, he can talk as mm. much as he wants and he can talk his shit. But, like, at the end of the day, when it's just me and him in the ring, bro, he's going to see what a real motherfucker is, eh? I'm not even joking, buddy. Like, <laughs> he is, like, you know, like, yeah, fuck him. Uh, end, of the, yeah. end of October. End of October. I, yo, I can't wait, man. I'm super excited. Uh, yeah, do you, are you finding are you finding it hard to get competition now in New Zealand? Like, uh, are you gonna have to start looking internationally for competition? Because you know you you've well, dealt. Yeah. Well, I fought my last. Besides my last fight, my last three fights have been in Australia, and they've all been like third, uh, third round, a third, uh, second round knockout, a first round knockout where I threw literally four punches and I knocked the dude out. And <laughs> my last fight, I literally it was a, a, a touch right hand, a jab. And then he touched me and I threw a one, two. It seemed, this dude fucked up. You know what, bro? I'll tell you, when you're fighting someone that's shorter than you, if you have your hands out in front of you and they touch you with their hand, they're in your range. They're in your range. Yeah. As soon as he touched me, I just went, but boom, in the right hand. The hammer went behind <laughs> it. And that was it. So, uh, no, I fight in Australia. I like fighting in Australia. And I fucking, I want to go all over the world with my fighting. I don't really care. I like, I like fighting in people's backyards. When I fought in Sydney last year, I walked out to the whole stadium booing me, bro. And they left, and everybody was like, "Can I get a photo?" And it's just like, <laughs> shit changes, eh, buddy? It's just funny, bro. Is there, is there, uh, is there anybody that you want? Like, who, could, who would you want to fight tomorrow if you could? Right now, I'll fight Canelo, hundred percent. Like, you guys be like, "Oh my god!" Like, the, you think you can beat him? It's not about beating him. At the end of the day, you know how much experience you get from fighting on a stage like that. Do you know how much, like, you can learn from fighting someone like that? Regardless of if I can think I can win or not, it's it's irrelevant. If I go out there and put on a great effort, right, and I do my best, and I do what I know I can do, bro, and regardless if I win, I lose, get knocked out, whatever, I don't think any of that would happen. But it's the experience. And these are experiences that I'll be able to pass on to my kids at the end of the day. I'm like, hey, I did this, and this is how I experienced it. And then... You know, that just sets you up. If you if I was to fight Canelo tomorrow, I'm not saying I'd win because he's a fucking gangster fighter, right? And right. that's fucking fantastic. But it's the experience of a lifetime. And the whole, what's the point of life? To have great experiences, right? Like, of course, of course. imagine just sitting on your phone all day. Imagine just commenting about, oh my God, this kid does this and that. And, you know, being a Karen or a Jim or whatever the fuck you are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Life is about experience. And I want to experience everything, bro. Like, if it meant I, if these, if they said, oh, Andre, you're in the top 15 in the world. You're number 13 of the WBO. Uh, Canelo wants to fight you next week. I'll be like, fuck, i got to lose a bit of weight then. I wouldn't even <laughs> say no. Like, I would just be like, all right, sweet. Hey, I may lose. Who gives a fuck? If I'm fighting the best and I'm losing to the best, yeah. regardless, it doesn't matter because I know I'm, I'm fucking doing the best. You know, that, that you know. And, yeah. Because in, in a few years' time, that will set me out so good. Like, in, well, I'm 24. And when I'm like, 26 27 that'll do me such wonders because i would have gone through the experience in that so you know i've never gone to a fight wanting to lose but like if you're if i got offered it tomorrow like mate like you know what the chances are bro let's be realistic it's like a fucking 90 10 chance of me 
winning, like 10% of me winning. And that's all good, but it's the experience of a lifetime, bro. And who knows? Some magic might happen. You know, the magical moments are sometimes the shit you don't expect. In boxing, one punch can change the entire outcome of a fight. Like, you know what I mean? I think, yeah, and it's the attitude. If you have a great attitude. I lo- look, man, like, I come across as, like, very out the gate and over the top of that. But, like, this is who I am. I'm living my life, bro, and I'm really enjoying who I am. And I, you know, if I had to live my life again, if I had to live life again, I'd live my life exactly how I've lived it because I am a gangster, bro, and I wouldn't change anything about me, bro. What's I up? would actually change one thing, bro, and that's fucking um, probably like not compulsive spending. That's about it. That's the only thing I would do. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I fully know that. Like, I didn't need to buy these scissors, bro. But you did. Uh... But you did. Yeah. <laughs> My wife has so many fucking scissors, bro. Like, wow. there is at least 20 scissors in here, bro. Like, what? <laughs> Every every design of scissors is possible. Yeah, that's yeah, hilarious. Nah, she's my wife's very arts and crafty, so like, uh, that's good awesome. for the kids. Good for the kids to have a wife like that. My, oh, my wife, that that's really into her art. It's good. It's fantastic Definitely. for me. Uh, how, how old are you? How old are you kids? Um, how old are my kids? Uh, Mr. Tarantino. Tarantino's my oldest. Uh, name from Quentin Tarantino. Uh, yep. I like that name, Tarantino. Spout it slightly differently to how it's originally supposed to be spelt. Um, I love the name. Uh, he's three in September. And then we got Little Toro. So after Toro Getty, uh, he is one and a half. So two boys, two beautiful boys. I bet you can't, I bet you can't wait to uh, get them in the ring, eh? Get some gloves on? Uh, Give it to you I, don't know, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm adopted and shit, bro. Like, I've come from Russia, bro. Me and my were adopted in that, bro. I had a pretty, like... I'm not saying, my, like, relative to what I know, and I can only talk about myself, I had a pretty shit time coming up in my teenage years and stuff like that, and I was very misunderstood and misunderstood a lot of things. So I had fire, and I've got, like, a ambition in here to be fucking, you know, I, I know that I've come from, like, fuck all and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And that fuels me. But, you know, when I look at my boys, bro, like, I don't really want them to fight, man. Like, because, like, I know how dangerous it is, and I'm aware of the consequences, bro, and I'm aware, I'm aware of it. So I, if I want... Do I want them to fight? No, not really. But if they if they decide on their own terms that I want to be a fighter, then that's on them. And to be honest, I'm not going to do fuck all for them. I'm going to literally go, you go do your thing, bro. You go train. Don't compare yourself to me. Just do your own shit. That's it. Because I've seen so many fathers come in with their sons, bro, and be so overbearing, bro. Like, yeah, I'll give them advice if they want advice, but I'm not going to be the dad that's there. Like, ah, oh, do this, do that. Like, if they do fight, they go, go train with Isaac. And then Isaac will fucking let you know what's up. Because I know what the fuck, you know, it's not my yeah. life. It's your life. And if you want to get punched in the face for the rest of your life, it's up to you. I ain't making the decision for you, buddy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right um, Andre, what, what's the biggest lesson that boxing has taught you today, do you think? Biggest lesson? Um, well, like, boxing transcends boxing, bro. Like, boxing isn't just boxing, bro. Boxing has a life. Right. Like, you know, the dedication, the discipline, the determination, all of these factors, bro, uh, have helped me so much. Have helped me so much in my life. Sorry, Matsuka. Yep. It's, it's really like, it's, it's you know, the, the art of boxing is like one thing, but like, you know, it's just the discipline of like when you get up, you know, you do your, just, it's, it's I'd say probably discipline and conf- big time confidence, bro. When I was, the big issue with me in school was I was so insecure, insecure, and so against myself, and so 
against myself that like it was hard for me to you know, appreciate who I was so like I think it's given me a self-appreciation of like you're so powerful beyond belief and you just gotta believe and I think self-belief is the other one like you know this this self-belief isn't like it's not a cockiness where I don't believe it it's just who I am mm-hmm. and what I've like manifested into through belief and training and like evidence and the big thing is evidence you know like I'm good and I know what I'm doing and I'm capable and I'm very capable at my job I've got a lot to learn and I'm self-aware about that but I'm capable and that gives me confidence and it gives me confidence to like along with my boxing it's given me this amazing opportunity to work with people in my life like so with my job with the three or four hours I work with people um once or twice a week bro and I and I teach them about like you know discipline self-belief confidence I teach them a bit of boxing but the boxing's afterthought it's about attitude towards life and stuff like that so that's one of my most favorite things to be honest yeah. um for the people out there that don't know who you are uh what fight would you say would be the best representation of you as a as a fighter to watch to go back in your history and watch um this fight uh is it when i was 20 on my 21st birth, birthday i watched this i thought this dude called adrian ty here he was like 17 and 4 when i fought him and i was only like six and oh and everybody thought i was gonna lose to him and like there was like a poll that went out and this dude was this big mean motherfucker like a real good fighter tough dude bro and everyone thought i was gonna be my ass kicked and i hopped in the ring and i did my job and i did an amazing job so but that one's not really on youtube or anything and that's a real hard find so I think one you could watch on YouTube. Like I've had a few terrible fights. I fought this dude called Marcus Hayward, where I just did horrible because I had lost ten kilos in like six weeks, and I was oh, wow. so tired. And I literally had to go to this dark place, bro. That was horrible. My last fight was a real boring fight. Uh, this is boring, bro. Like not much was happening. He didn't really want to rumble with me, and that's kind of on him. I wanted to rumble, but then I was having an off night too, so we we're both kind of like trash that night. And it is what it is. Probably, fuck, I don't know. Oh, Alex Hannon. I knocked out Alex Hannon in like two rounds, bro, after a great like build up. So that shows a good representation. Shows definitely, definitely. I, I, I that saw shows. that one. That was good. That was a good one. Yeah, because that that that's like that's like the epitome of my life, bro. Me standing up to the bully, bro. So that's something I'm really, yeah, uh, really proud of. Yeah, that's great, Cedric. Yeah, I'm so, sorry, man. You be quiet. You got a question, brother? Yes, yes. Um, one of your knockouts was uh, forget this guy's name here. Um. It was this. It was this, the 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 knockout of the year. Ernest Espana, Ernesto Espana. Oh, do you yeah. remember that knockout? That was a straight like yeah, I did. Tex, textbook one two right down the middle. Um, you know, because I explained I some of the boxes that train. Go ahead, explain it out. <clears throat> I lined him up like I heard him, and like I was like the whole time. So then the, I can actually explain this whole fight like straight like, yeah. in like a minute, bro. The first yeah. round, bro, I come out and for the whole week, oh, I've been hearing this is a mighty Russian, the Russian, Andre Mikhailovich, he's the puncher, blah, 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 blah. In the first round, I go out two tenths, bro, and I'm two cents. And the first punch I throw was a check left hook right hand, and I missed by like that much, bro, because he was fading away <laughs> to his right. And I was like, okay, we need to loosen up something. And then he's a little bit longer than me, and he's hitting me with his jab, and I'm like, just trying to, I'm too tight. So when I'm seeing it, I'm not pulling back in time, and I'm just, just a little bit too close to him, and I'm getting my thing, getting my thing. Go back to the cold corner. You're too tight. You're too tense, Andre. You guys saw that? Yep. Yeah, yeah, you're too yeah, tight. Yeah. You're too tense, all right? Next round I go out, I start breaking the distance. I start walking to this range. I start seeing this shit. Instead of having my hands like here, like how I usually have them, I have my hands and I start catching these punches, catching these punches, walking to this range. And then what I start doing, bro, is because what I like to do is switch it. Like, you know, when you're walking down, you can be off, but you can also come forward and be a self-foot and it gives you that another angle to work on and i'm quite well 
well balanced like that, right? And then I start walking and I start walking and I get to the range. A minute and a half into that fight, I start to relax because I know I've got this under control and I'm going, I'm all good. And I start enjoying it. And as soon as I relax, as my shoulders drop and I'm relaxed and I'm just having fun and that, I was good. And then what happens is I hit him with a right hand, uh, it was like behind, and he wobbles and I'm like, sweet. And I hear Boaz yell, go finish him, Andre, he's tough. And then all I do is I come in, I go one, two, three, four, yeah. miss, miss, miss. And I was like, okay, we need to calm down. I took a step back. I see him. I see his head. I put my hand out on his head. And I just throw the right hand. Boom. And he looks like he's dropping. So I turn away. And then for a second, I look back and the motherfucker's still standing. I'm like, the hell is that? <laughs> Boom. Yeah. And that was that. As I'm watching the highlight, as I'm watching your highlight of you speaking, everything you're speaking right now, I'm watching on my other laptop right now. That's yeah, that's what happened. Like two tenths, two tenths, two tenths, and um, yeah. Um, but it was good. Uh, his father was a really good fighter. His father fought Barry McQuigan. His father actually, if you look up Espanio Ernesto Espanio Senior, he was a good fighter too. He was a, um, I think he was like a super featherweight or a featherweight. But a you know, he had a lot of heritage. And to be honest, bro, that fight. On paper was a real interesting fight because he was um what was he? He was 30, 32 and three with twenty-seven knockouts. And mm-hmm. I was like, that motherfucker's Venezuelan and these South Americans are really tough people. They've come, you know, they come yeah. from like this is their meal ticket, this is gonna really set them up. So they're coming here with full force, they're not coming here to muck around, you know, they're not gonna come yeah. with opponents. Hey, he may have been a bit awkward, a bit weird with how he did stuff, but he was doing his best, you know, and that's what you expect. And it makes me happy. That was a good fight. And I'm happy with that. But, like, you know, you do something like that, and then three weeks, four weeks later, you have a shit fight. You know, like, it was a quick turnaround. And that was tough on the body in that because I'd had three back-to-back camps. My kids had left to Vanuatu for five weeks. So I hadn't seen them and all that. And I had a few factors that, you know, and I didn't perform my best that night. And, you know, it's funny how you go from the top of the pots where you're, well, everybody's messaging you and they all love you. They all love you. You have one bad fight and nobody gives a fuck about you. <laughs> it's just funny, bro. How- That's- that's that that's that boxing world right it's, like, um, it's, it's definitely it's how great. it is man this yeah, is you're, only, you're only as good as your last fight is what they say right and it's really true it's yeah. like if you're hot if you're hot you're on everybody's radar every you know everybody's beating down your door to get you a fight hey i want you to fight this person i want you to fight that person but the minute you have a bad fight there's not a phone call coming in at all they've forgotten about you it's crazy shit man how boxing speaking, is speaking continuing on that espana fight here's a quote i think this is from uh his coach or his dad or somebody that said, um, it looked like in this picture, says, what a big right hand that was. i got to say one thing about Mikhailovich. He's a great finisher. Once he gets you hurt, he finishes you. Oh, yeah. That was from, uh, I don't know if that's yeah, a coach true. Because, you know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you guys have heard this, like, there's, there's um, no overtime in boxing there. Like, that's regardless it. of if the fight takes this long or that long, I'm still going to get paid the same amount. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it doesn't. But if I can get you out in one round, and if you've given me the opportunity in one round, and if I've seen the opening and I go for it, and I land a good shot, or I land a good shot, that's like, oh, shit. You want to put value for money. The big thing about what I do is, like, fighting is the most important thing. Like, you you can be a great talker, right? You can be a great talker. You can be a great trainer. But if you can't fight, if you can't put on great shows, if you can't put, like, you know, incredible things where it's more than just a fight. It's actually a display of art. It's a, it's a theater performance. The, from the way you walk out to the way you're in the ring, to the way you own the ring, to the way you fight, it's all art. It's, it's, it's a massive show because people want to watch a show. They're not, people like, believe it or not, like, you know how the boxing is a sweet science and I have a hundred, hundred, 
100% respect for the sweet science of hit and not get hit, right? Mm-hmm. And I are, and it works. And, you know, and there are some great examples. Eris Lande Landa, Floyd Mayweather, um, Penel Whitaker. Now, these are people that were like hit and not get hit type people. But yeah. you got to have, if you're going to do something like that, you got to have a pretty out there personality to be backing <laughs> that shit up. Floyd was great because towards the end of his career, um, he may have not been the most exciting fighter in the world, but he had the persona to back it up. So you can't be a boring fighter and be a boring personality. You gotta have kind of like you gotta have some balance. A good, there, a good so. balance. You have to have a good balance. Uh, shout so out to Mia I'm... who's watching. Hey Mia, thanks for tuning into today's episode. Yeah. Oh man, what, what, you, honestly, you got a great team. Uh, and honestly, I can't wait to see you uh, internationally, man. I, I'd like to see you, you know, in the UK, maybe in the states within the next year and uh you know fight, fighting for these big belts man is that is, is that the plan like by next year to be be international you know man like boxing's like a roller coaster right you can only take it one fight at a time mm-hmm. i don't know bro to, like tomorrow bro like anything could happen i don't know i don't even know what the fuck i'm having for lunch today regardless of next year <laughs> right. you know right. what i mean i don't know i don't know okay i know what i want but the world has a great way of working, bro, and the universe will provide when you're ready, bro. Yeah. I met Isaac at the right time. I met my wife at the right time. I had kids at the right time. The universe will always line shit up for you, bro. If you have self-belief and, like, you want it enough, it'll come to you, but you got to work hard for it. And I know my, I know things are going to happen. I'm fine. I'm, I don't like to have, like, uh, this in mind that my shit will happen. Like, I'm right. literally a walking show. I literally just walk around, and I'm just a fucking actor myself, bro. So like, uh, <laughs> walk around, you start, you start in your own life, right? The start, the start oh, of the movie in your own life. Yeah, yeah, man. From what I, I understand, it. I only, from what I understand, I only got one opportunity to be me. And yeah. why not live me to the fullest, bro? I'm not gonna be scared of what people think, bro. Like, how? Like, to be honest, like, what's the thought? What's an opinion? Like, to be honest, like anybody can have an opinion, bro. My son has an opinion. On yeah. like what he likes, you know what I mean, and he doesn't yeah. know. Fuck you know what I mean. <laughs> right, so exactly. like, why, why, why should I take on other people's opinions? Like I don't care, bro. Like if you don't like me, it's on you. If you love me, I appreciate it. But I don't care, bro. I just want to live life, and I want to fight, and I want to put on a great show, and I want to be respected. Like, the only thing I want is to be respected and remembered. And I'm well, the way I'm going. I'm sure I'll be okay. And at the end of the day, as long as I do a good job, my biggest thing, bro, is like boxing. We're talking about boxing right now, right? And that's yep. fucking fantastic. I love boxing. My biggest thing that I'm most proud of bro, is that I'm a good dad. There are yeah. many men. There are many men, bro, that are, are, are dads, right? But yeah. to be a father and to be a good father is something I'm incredibly proud of. I'm 24, bro. I had kids when I was 21, bro. I could have yeah. easily said, fuck this shit. I'm not going to be a dad. You know, I've got my yeah. life to live. But I stood up. And to be honest, I did a... I'm doing a fucking good job, bro. I have a lot of shit on my plate, bro. Like, I, I've i had to back myself completely, bro. And I'm so proud of that. And I'm proud that I've got two boys. You know, I'll tell you something. For two and a half years, bro, I never saw my kids because I was always working and training. Right. Working and training. Working and training. Working and training. I never got to see them, right? And I didn't have a good relationship with my kids. I had this beautiful opportunity to stop work and box essentially full time and do my own, run my own business, which is fantastic as well. And now I get to see them and I got a great relationship with my kids. And I did that because of me. Nobody told me to do that. I did that on my own accord and I'm more fucking proud of that. That's fucking fantastic. Boxing will be boxing, you know, but like yeah. as a man and as a father, I'm fucking proud. That's fucking, that's what life's about is, yeah, is you know, being a good dad, big time. Def- I'm proud definitely. of that. Much respect for that, much respect for that. So obviously you, you um, whether it's hard or easy, you, you just make sure to find the time to make sure you balance out between like family time and um, and, and training time, obviously, right? Yeah, I think sort of like how I work it is like 
in the morning I'll get up at either five or six a.m. depending on like what I'm doing, and I'll either do my run or a conditioning exercise. And then when I get home, I'll hang out with the kids for probably like a couple of hours. And then from and it depends on like what time I have like training people and like doing my own clients and stuff like that. But then from about ten till about two, I'll work and I'll do like some I don't know whether it's this or that or that or a meeting or some stuff. I'll go and do that, and then from two till about four thirty, I spend time with the kids. My wife will have a lie down, and then from four thirty to six or six thirty or seven sometimes, I'm at training, and then mm-hmm. at seven to nine, I'm with the kids, and then from nine to eleven, I'm with my wife, and then it's repeat every day. That's good, man. That's a good way to schedule it out. That way, you know, everybody gets equal 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 parts. You know, <clears throat> balance is. You need to balance I, life. Yeah, I just think it's important that my kids, you know, like are raised, you know race correctly you know i you, you can really see a like how vital a kid's learning of life is especially young the early years man they, they need to be shown life in a certain way and like you know that's something that i think is really important so in boxing uh i always ask everybody this question do you want to be loved or do you want to be feared i don't really give a fuck to be honest as long as people pay to watch it. like i, love I don't it. care like yeah. loved or feared I want to walk into a room and like people like just are nice to me. I don't like fear. Like, okay, there's there's a story, uh, a statement I heard once. If my car, if your car broke down in the middle of the night and yeah. Muhammad Ali pulled up to fix, change, help change your tire, you'd be pretty excited, right? If Mike Tyson pulled up to help change your tire, you'd be a bit like, oh shit, you know? There's a bit of like a, you <laughs> right. know, like what, what do you really want, bro? Like yeah. one thing I do not want to come across is like a fuckwit, and like it's a, it's and it's hard with me and who I am. You got it. There's a very fine line, and I try to use humor. My humor is my break, my icebreaker, right. and who I am. You can't be like, yeah, no, fuck this, fuck that, fuck the world. You have to have like this balance, and I'm still trying yeah. to understand that balance and understand what the lines are and stuff like that. But I'm getting there, and it takes development. But I don't really care. Like some people love me, and some people don't like me, and that's just life. Like I think. Fucking some people are great people, and I some people I don't like, and that's okay. But yeah. my only thing is, is I'm not gonna slice like, unless it's like a real personal thing, and I don't like you, I won't slag people off. I just you know try and be respectful, cause like if I if I wasn't a fighter, bro, like you know you gotta respect fighters, bro. Like fighters yeah. should be respected regardless of rank, creed, color, and level. Like journeymen need to be respected, man. Like you, you journeymen need to be respected so much. Gatekeepers need to be respected. Champions need to be respected. Boxing is a game of respect, bro, regardless of what way you put it. Definitely. Andre, do you remember Do you remember the first time you put somebody to sleep in the ring and, and the feeling that came over you? Oh, yeah. I would have been first time I put someone to sleep, like out cold. Yeah. It would have been my fourth amateur fight. I was fighting this dude, and um, I hit him with a right hand, left hook, and he just dropped. And I was like, I wasn't actually sure what was happening. Eh? I was like, I wasn't sure if the fight was going to continue or not. And then my coach called me over to the corner at the time. And he was like, man, you got unreal power. That was crazy. And I was like, well, what happened? He was like, bro, you just knocked him out. And I was like, oh, wow. But um, it's sort of tricky. Like, I don't really care. Like, when you knock someone out, for me, it's just like, I got the job done. Next fight. Right. It's not, I don't really like to get too excited about it or, like, worry too much. Because, like, people only remember you for the moment, bro. Like, people love to be in the moment. People... This is boxing. I'll tell you what it is, bro. People forget shit real quickly, bro, in life. You know that, yeah. right? If you give someone $100, in two weeks' time, they would have forgot that you gave them the $100, bro. So you got to be kind of careful about how you do shit and how you feel about shit, bro. you got to be kind of like... 
unemotional to me. You can think about it, but don't be emotional about, about shit. Because, like, if you start getting emotional or excited, bro, like, it leads to, like, you know, like, ill feelings and shit. So, like, you kind of got to be cool, bro. Like, I, like, man, I'm, I've never been knocked out or hurt ever in right. my life, ever. Like, I'm, I think when I was 15, I got dropped with a body shot once. And then I got dropped by a heavyweight with a headshot, but I got straight back up, and that was cool. Yeah. But, um, I've never really been hurt before. Like, never, ever, really. And I'm pretty lucky for that one i think it's because i put it down to me being russian i think that's a big part of it yeah. my ego is another thing bro is like you're not going to hurt me ever right. in your life it's impossible but i'm also understanding that shit can happen <laughs> shit can go wrong and you have to be aware of it so you know i think it's also the fear as well of like i don't want to get hurt so no, i'm not gonna get hurt so you gotta be you gotta be cool bro you Boxing is very respectful. And the thing is, bro, is regardless of if I like you or not, after the fight, I'll be nice. I'm always a sweetheart after the fight. I, I'll make time for you on that. Even I fought Alex Hannah, right? After the fight, me and him were fine. Before the fight, we may have not liked each other. And I'm, it's just respect, bro. Boxing right. is a real respectful sport. And it's a real mano y mano sport. And, you know, it takes a lot of balls to be a fighter. And, like, anyone, I, I get excited just watching amateurs with their first fight because I know how scary it is. And I... And I know the anxiousness and I know the anxieties they feel, man. And it's just like, bro, that's awesome. You're conquering something you're scared of. That's like amazing, bro. If I, I honestly wish, bro, that everybody had to have a fight in their life. That should be like a requirement by law. Yo, that you yeah, I, I believe fight, bro. Straight up. Just yeah. one fight. Because then, then you will know what respect is, bro. Like, if you've yeah. never had a fight, right, and you hop into a ring, bro, it changes your life, bro. And it teaches you a lot about, one, how vulnerable you, even with me. I'm like, what, number 30 in the world with the IBF and number 12 with the WBO? Bro, yeah. if I go to the wrong place in Auckland, bro, I'll get my ass kicked. It teaches, <laughs> you, teaches you that you're fucking vulnerable, bro. That, and you be, one yes. thing is it teaches you about self-awareness and knowing situations and stuff like that. Yes, yes, but exactly. Trust me, when you're a fighter, everybody, you have a target on your back, mate. You're not, people respect you, but you're also a target. So that's why I don't yeah. drink, I'm, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't go out, I don't do anything, bro. I don't have friends, bro. And I don't have friends by choice because you're like i'm going up a mountain bro and everyone's on the big highway going this way i'm trying to climb the mountain to look down and see the view on that but if, if people you know like yeah it's hard man it's it's definitely hard trying to keep friendships as a fighter bro well i i found that personally maybe i'm probably have heaps of friends i don't know but you know i'm trying to do something that not many men can do bro and like regardless like there are lots of fighters out there but they may feel the same but i'm trying to do what i can do with my life and you, you know, know the, the journey the journey to greatness is lonely sometimes you know and, and the journey to the greatness is lonely and that's why some of the great ones say it's lonely at the top because not too many people can relate can relate being I just up like, there. i'm finding this shit lonely as shit <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't have friends i i have like four or five people on my phone that i can sure like people may like know of me and know who i am but that doesn't mean you actually know me like you don't know like i got like two uh fucking three really good friends that I really, really value outside of the gym. Like, the gym's different because that's my family and I see them every day. But, like, yeah. in terms of friendships that I try to maintain, it's hard. And I don't have, like, a hell of a lot of friends. And I'm okay with that. And I'm okay because I made the decision to do this and I know there is shit that entails. One is you don't go out, you don't drink. I don't drink. That's not what mm -hmm. I do. I don't smoke. I don't do any of that shit. Because uh, I know, you know, you got to eat good. And it's a life of solitary confinement, essentially, you know? Like, yeah, you may see your kids and your wife and that, but, like, have you know one thing i hope is after my boxing career is that like you know the friends that i do have and the friends i do keep you know i can value their time a lot more because right now i just can't because i'm trying to yeah. do what other people can't i'm trying to be great here you know and that's fine you know it takes a it takes a lot so
I'm going to just ask you one more question here. So when you're done and ready to hang it up and just, uh, you know, retire from the sport, uh, any any plans to teach kids and, and you know, give forward to, to what you learned? No, not really boxing. Like, when I'm done with boxing, bro, I'm not going to teach people boxing. Hey, I may joke around and, like, say, oh, this and that when it comes to boxing, but I'm not going to – I don't ever think I'll be in coaching role. It's just not what I want to do. Excellent. Um, Andre, that's just, just not what I do. So I think I'll definitely work with like probably youth and stuff like that, and probably yeah. talk to people about like ambition and like goal setting and shit like that. That's probably more what I want to do. But to be honest, when I do boxing, bro, when I finish, I want to be a fucking pilot. I want to go fly airplanes. I'm not even gonna lie. I want to go. I've already sussed out my business plan. I literally want to go to Vanuatu, bro, because my wife's from Vanuatu. I want to go to Vanuatu, set up shop there. And I want to fly people around and do tours. I just want to fly around the island and then come back. That's all I want to do with my life. And I want to smoke cigars. That's all I want to that, do. Yeah, that sounds like a great life, man. Sign yeah, me up. I just want to go live on an island, bro. And the other thing, bro, is like, you know, I, I'm going to run for mayor there or some shit, bro. Because, like, you know, they need, like, I'm called an expat in the island. Expat is an expatriate. But, like, you know, there, there needs to be, like, some order there a little bit. And I think well, the way things are governed in Vanuatu at the moment, there needs to be a bit more, like, community and stuff like that. It's a very beautiful place, bro. I love that place. That's great, man. I love it. Andre, thank you for coming today, man, and taking time out of your schedule to come and talk to us, man, on this great uh, interview we had. Uh, please sh uh, give a shout out to anybody and uh, let them know where they can find you on social media if they want to follow you. Um, shout out. Fuck. Who do I shout out to? Um, I just want to say the Russian. That's all you need to know. Uh, you can just look up the Russian or Andre Mikhailovich. And I'm sure I'll find outcomes from somewhere, bro. And my phone number is 022. I'm not giving it to you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, I love it. I love it. I love it. Andre, yeah, stick around. Uh, we're, we're just going to sign off, man. Um, we'll talk to you off camera here. And uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world who love boxing and tuning into today's special episode of Knuckle Up with yours truly, Mike Gore, my man Cedric Ben, and our special guest today, The Russian. That's where you can find him, guys. Look him up on social media. And we will let you know the next time this man's stepping in the ring because you're not going to want to miss the show that he on for us, man. I love it. Uh, if you haven't yet, man, hit up TalkingFight.com. You know what to do, man. Hit that subscribe. And whatever platform you're on, help us hit to that next level, man. Hit that subscribe button for us. Shout out to Mia, who's in the comments. Uh, we'll talk to you on Saturday, Mia. I hope you have time to come and join us for an interview. we definitely love to have you on. We'll see you next time. We'll see you tomorrow with continuation of Peach Boxing. You know what it is, man. It's your man, Mike Gore. Knuckle up. Peace.